On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks losing streak has now reached seven games following a 6-4 loss to the Dallas Stars last night. And Kevin Lankinen continues to struggle in his sophomore NHL season. He's still stuck on just four wins through 22 starts on the year. And then to wrap things up, per usual, to start off the week will be our Mailbag Monday fan segment. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, April 11th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please go and show some support first by following the podcast. It only take a quick couple of seconds, a quick click of the button will help me out tremendously. Go leave the show five stars as well as if you like what you're hearing today. And you can also go and leave me a review. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then definitely go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because each and every episode from here on out, folks, if you haven't gotten the memo already, is going to have a video version attached to it as well. So if you haven't done so yet, please, please, please go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I recently just hit. 100 subscribers. I really appreciate all the support. I'm still trying to boost those numbers up, though, trying to get to 500, hopefully by sometime over the summer. That's the current goal. So please go and subscribe if you haven't done so yet. Go and smash the like button for me as well. Uh, Go and comment down below. I still want to hear more about your favorite Marion Hosa moment of all time and who you think should be the next member of the Blackhawks dynasty era to get their jersey retired in the UC rafters. And also be sure to turn on those push notifications as well so you can be notified when the episode is uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good morning, everyone. As always, thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start off the week. Real quick, though, before I get into the good stuff, folks, I got to remind you all that today's episode is sponsored by Bet Online, which is both the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and your favorite Vegas casino games here in 2022. Bet Online, where the game begins. All right, so over the weekend, folks, totally just spilled on myself, but that's okay. Over the weekend, folks, the Chicago Blackhawks uh, loan contest came yesterday against the Dallas Stars at the United Center. That was the third of this current five-game home stretch for the Chicago Blackhawks, and also the third game in a row now that they've managed to drop at the UC, and not only three consecutive home losses, but of course, seven losses total now overall for the Hawks, Um, and still do not have a win 
since that tragic five to four overtime loss to the Vegas Golden Knights, where they led three to nothing going into the third period, but wind up blowing it. Uh, I really think that game, and also the next one against the Sabres, where the Blackhawks blew another massive lead to one of the worst teams in the entire NHL. Um, I really think those those games there um, just did something to the Blackhawks' overall confidence because ever since then, I mean, they, they just have not been playing very well as a team. And it always seems to be, you know, something's going wrong for them, whether it's uh, the penalty kill or the power play. We saw them go 0 for 4 in that terrible loss to Seattle a couple of games back. The goaltending's been shaky. Sometimes just the overall lack of effort has been an issue. It's all been bad here as of late, folks. Um, and because of these recent struggles, one thing I wanted to start out today by talking about was um, I mentioned this on the fr- uh, on the show Friday afternoon, but I was really curious to see who Derek King was going to healthy scratch for this game against Dallas last night because after that two nothing loss to the Kraken, the eighth time this year the Blackhawks have been shut out. After that loss, Derek King didn't really. Um, name drop anyone when he was talking to the media, but he talked about how uh, there have just been too many guys not consistently giving the type of effort that's needed night in and night out. So because of those comments that Kinger made after the game, I was really curious to see who was going to be finding themselves in street street clothes for this one last night. And the four players that wound up being scratched were Dominic Kubelik, Henrik Borgstrom, Tyler Johnson, and Caleb Jones. Now, for Borgstrom, I mean, completely makes sense. He hasn't done a whole lot of anything throughout the entirety of the season. Uh, So that was kind of to be expected. I don't think it's going to be surprising to see Borgstrom scratch probably seven or eight times maybe in these final 10 games. It's just been a really bad year for him and uh, definitely has not lived up to the expectations that we were all hoping for when we first acquired him from the Florida Panthers at the deadline last year. Um, but scratching guys like Dominic Kubelik and Tyler Johnson, to me, it's clear that King is just trying to send them a message right now. And for Johnson, I know for him as well, it's just been a tough season. He's been battling with injuries. Uh, he just returned from concussion protocol after taking a dump into the head from Dominic Kubelik. So for many different reasons, you know, it's tough to judge Johnson right now when he's really just getting back on the ice and finally giving, uh, getting some consistent action when he's healthy. Um, but he also doesn't have a point in any of his 10 games since he returned from ADR disc replacement surgery. Um, and he also only played seven minutes in that 2 nothing loss to Seattle on Thursday night. I, I didn't check, but I'd have to imagine that's a season low for Tyler Johnson. So pretty obvious right now that Derek King isn't loving uh, the type of play that he's been providing when he's been healthy as of late, hopefully this will just be a little bit of a wake-up call here. Uh, and then for Kubi, he does actually have four points in his last six games. He's been a bit better, but overall on the season, don't have to talk about it too much. It's just been a, a very dramatic lack of consistency, and uh, especially because we know what Kubalik is capable of. For him to only have 11 or 12 goals or whatever it is right now, I mean, it's completely unacceptable. And Uh, It really just makes you want to rip your hair out. I think the biggest thing is, though, for him is that he's still getting chances. He's still getting his looks, but it's either 
you know, he misses the net or he completely whiffs on the shot or he tries to force a pass when he has a shooting lane. It's just, he's overthinking the game right now. It's pretty clear. And I mean, it's hard to blame him when he's going through this much of a struggle. I mean, it's been all season long for him, really. So having to talk to the media about it consistently, I'm sure it's not a very easy situation that Kubelik finds himself in right now. But with that being said, we know that he's capable of capitalizing on these opportunities. And for whatever reasons, he just hasn't been able to do so on a consistent basis for the Blackhawks this season. And when they're struggling so much offensively as a whole, they really need him to be burying those opportunities. So um, I, I do see why Derek King is, you know, going this, going with this path with Dominic Kubelik once again. And hey, he responded pretty well the last time he was healthy scratch. So uh, I'm sure King is just trying to get a similar result once again uh, by healthy scratching Dominic Kubelik in last night's game against the Stars. And then as for Caleb Jones on the back end, I'm not going to lie. I, I was honestly really surprised that he was the defenseman who wound up being scratched for the Blackhawks last night because in that game against Seattle, I thought he was one of the few Blackhawks players who had a really solid night. And he ended up actually over with over 20 minutes of ice time in that one, uh, either the second or the third highest on, on the Blackhawks team. Um, and in comparison to a couple of his fellow defensemen in Jake McCabe and Calvin DeHaan, both those two were absolutely atrocious against Seattle. So it definitely caught me uh, a little bit by surprise that Caleb Jones ended up being the odd man out last night. I don't really think he quite deserved that, but if I had to guess, I'm willing to bet he'll be back in the lineup uh, tomorrow night when the Blackhawks are back in action once again, taking on the Los Angeles Kings. And one thing I do wonder, I'm curious if Derek King has the cojones to scratch one of his veteran defensemen down the season. And when I say veteran defensemen, I mean Jake McCabe and Calvin DeHaan, probably just only Jake McCabe in these circumstances, though. It's just been such a down year for him overall and uh, really has not lived up to the expectations that we were hoping for when we signed him to a four by four contract in the offseason. It's still only just one year, so I'm, I'm not giving up on McCabe just yet. That would be, I think, a foolish thing for us Blackhawks fans to do, right? We saw Connor Murphy in his first season with the Blackhawks. It was kind of a nightmare, and we were like, wow, we really traded Nicholas Jalmerson for this guy. And then since then, Murphy, except for this year, kind of, um, but the last <clears throat> two or three seasons, one healthy, he really was the Blackhawks' number one defenseman. I know Duncan Keith was still playing in that role. Connor Murphy really was the best defenseman on the back end for the Blackhawks. So uh, there's a similar circumstance. We know players are capable of having a, you know, a down year one and then a bounce back year the next. So uh, I'm not giving up on Jake McCabe just yet, but he definitely does need to be showing more in the future uh, if he wants to win over both the fan base and the front office over here in Chicago. All right, there are some thoughts on the lineup decisions for last night's game against the Dallas Stars. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into the game itself a little bit, and I'll also talk about goaltender Kevin Lankinen's continued struggles in his second NHL season. But first, I need to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product, which is one scoop of AG1. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start off your day on the right foot. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, 
your energy, your recovery, your focus, and your aging process. And Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine in order to recover. That used to cost them $100 a day, but now Athletic Greens was made to be a cheaper solution to your problems. It costs you less than $3 per day, which is such a cheap way to invest in both your health and to your body. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network right now. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Getting into segment two now today, let's actually talk about the game itself for a little bit last night between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Dallas Stars. And the opening 20 minutes in this one, folks, I mean, uh, I was lucky enough to be in attendance for this game last night, sitting seven rows behind the glass. Shout out to my good buddy, Kalish, who's got incredible, uh, an, an incredible half-season ticket package. Not every game, but the games we do get to go to. We're sitting pretty. Um, but the first period last night, it was definitely the, the highlight or the best part of this game because there was a ton of action right out of the gate at the UC on both ends. Uh, and funny enough, the Dallas Stars actually wound up scoring all four goals in that first period. But the score was tied 2-2 two to two after 20 minutes because both times the Blackhawks scored, it really came off of uh, Dallas Stars defenseman Asa Lindell. Uh, poor Asa had himself a rough go of it in the first period there. Jamie Ben did open up the scoring for the Stars on the power play, flicked a little rebound over Kevin Lankinen's glove, glove hand. Uh, probably not a great rebound for Lankinen to give up there, but the Blackhawks penalty kill really uh, on both goals by the Stars in this first period didn't give a whole lot of help in front of their netminder. Uh, but after Jamie Ben opened the scoring, just a couple minutes later, uh, Philip Kurashev had a two-on-one with Jonathan Taves, and his centering pass, probably the wrong decision here. I mean, he had the shooting lane. Lindell was sliding over to take away the pass. Kurashev just kind of forces it into him anyway, but it ends up working out as it uh, banks in off a sliding Lindell and goes past goaltender Scott Wedgwood to tie the game up one-to-one. And then not long after that, it honestly might have even been Asa Lindell's very next shift. Um, but Jonathan Taves has the puck near the left boards. He just throws a centering pass, throws one at the net. Kirby was driving to the net with some speed, which you like to see from the young fella. Uh, but Taves' centering pass uh, ends up deflecting off of Asa Lindell's stick and once again goes past Scott Wedgwood to put the Blackhawks up 2-1. to one. So. Uh, Asa Lindell was really doing the Hawks some favors in that first period last night. Just really a couple of unfortunate breaks. I'm sure he probably wanted to snack, snap his stick in half when he was going back to the bench there. And uh, I'm sure gave Scott Wedgwood a couple of I'm sorry's on the way. Uh, but the Blackhawks had a two to one lead in that first period. Thanks to Asa Lindell and a couple of lucky bounces. Um, Philip Pekurashev and Jonathan Taves, by the way, get credit for get credited with those two goals for the Blackhawks. Kershev's sixth of the season. He actually now has three points in his last six games, which 
I know it doesn't sound all that great, but considering how much of a struggle it was for him there for a couple of months prior, three points in his last six games is pretty good for Philip Kurashev. So that was his sixth goal of the year. And then Jonathan Taves on that centering pass, he gets credit with the goal. That winds up being his 11th on the season as well. Continues to be a whole lot better in the second half of the season offensively than we saw in those first uh, 25 to 30 games or so out of the captain. But after Taves' goal, or Lindell's second goal, if you want to call it that, uh, the Stars were able to answer right back on the power play once again. Their second power play of the first period, followed by their second power play goal of the period as uh, Joe Pavelski, right in his office, as he always seems to be one of the best, if not the best in the league, at redirecting pucks and always being right around the front of the net to clean up those garbage goals. Um, He does it better than anyone else, and he burned the Blackhawks here in this instance, tying the game up 2-2. to So Blackhawks give up two power play goals in that first period, and that really stymied any momentum that they had throughout the rest of the contest. And in the second period, we know how the second period goes for the Blackhawks. As it always seems to do, things really started to slip away and started to unravel for the Blackhawks. Uh, Kirby Doc had a brutal turnover in the defensive zone, but the real kicker here, folks, was Kevin Lankinen letting in this trickler of a shot from Rupe Hintz. Uh, that really was the most disappointing part of the sequence to me. Obviously, it wasn't a great, ba- great play by Kirby to start it off, but for Lankinen to allow that one to go in, I mean... There's no way in hell that shot should have gone in. It was a terrible angle by Lankinen. Uh, and just like that, the Stars jumped back ahead 3-2 to two early on in the second period. The Blackhawks actually, though, did go on to tie the game once again 3-3 three to three, as Boris Kachuk, baby, big old Boris, hammers home a one-timer for his first goal as a member of the Blackhawks. Nice to see Boris finally end up on the stat sheet. And all in all, uh, this was, you know, you don't really see fourth lines chip in for more than one goal on a nightly basis, considering the limited amount of ice time they tend to get. Uh, but I thought that trio of Boris Kachuk, Reese Johnson, and Mackenzie Entwistle had a, a, another really solid game last night and um, spent a lot of their limited ice time in the offensive zone. They weren't playing a whole lot of defense. They were doing a lot of cycling in the offensive zone. Some good passes and some good puck movement here lead to Boris Kachuk's one-timer. Um, and that tied the game up three to three. So definitely nice to see that trio team up for a goal. And um, they've been doing a lot of that as of late, maybe not so much finding the back of the net, but they've been putting together good shifts and they've been cycling the puck well, whether it be Lafferty down there. It just seems like Kachuk and Reese Johnson are having a good physical effect on, uh, on the glass. And whenever they get on the ice, it seems like they're doing a whole lot more of uh, playing offense than they are spending time in their own zone stuck on defense, which is what you like to see out of your fourth line. So a good sequence there by that three leads to a uh, Kachuk one-timer to tie the game up at three. But then that's really when things started to go in the wrong direction for the Blackhawks. Jason Robertson adds two goals in just over three minutes to put the Stars ahead five to three going into the second intermission. Uh, On the first one, Jake McCabe commits a bad turnover in the defensive zone. As I talked about earlier, I'm interested to see if Derek King has the balls to scratch Jake McCabe down the stretch of the season because he has not been very good. Another bad turnover here uh, is what starts off the play. But again, just like um, Rupe Hintz goal earlier on in the period, Lankinen 
completely lost his net. He had absolutely no idea where the puck was. And that allows Jason Robertson to really take it right to the front of the net from a terrible angle and stuff one home uh, to put Dallas ahead four to three. Just another horrendous goal given up by Lankin in there. And then on that second one by Robertson, just a few minutes later, um, <clears throat> Lankinen possibly was screened by Alex Vlasic. I couldn't really tell on the replays, but still considering where Robertson shot it from and the way the night had been going so far, that was one that Lankinen definitely needed to come away with. Robertson was well out near the circles, uh, and he just snapped a wrister by Lankinen's blocker for a second goal of the period. And that put the stars up five to three. Honestly, I was pretty shocked that right there and then uh, Derek King didn't pull Kevin Lankinen out of the game because uh, it was just it was just bad. And it's not the first time that we've seen it recently. I mean, losing his net, bad rebound control, not controlling the game, not coming up when it, with a timely save when we need him to. Um, King did end up replacing Lankinen. Uh, with Colin Delia to start off the third period, but I was honestly shocked that after that fifth goal and the second from Robertson, that that wasn't the end of Kevin Lankinen's night. He wound up stopping only 15 of the 20 shots that he faced. And um, overall, while the Blackhawks were guilty of a couple of turnovers, he definitely needed to come up with some of those stops. He just couldn't come up with the timely save when his team needed him to. And as a result, Kevin Lankinen ends up losing his 18th game of the season in just 22 starts. Still stuck on only four wins this year for Kevin Lankinen. Uh, I know he's been the backup goaltender throughout most of the way, but there's only 10 games left in the season here, folks. I mean, for Kevin Lankinen to only have four wins in 23 or 24 appearances, I mean, I know goalie wins are more of a team stat. I am aboard with that. You can't you know, single-handedly blame each and every game on the goaltender, but for him to only have four wins, I mean, that's pretty damn sad. Uh, and it's just been very much a struggle for Lankinen in his sophomore NHL season, certainly quite different from what we saw in the first half of last year as a rookie where he was really the main factor why the Blackhawks got off to such a good and surprising start. Um, and because of that, I just I can't help but wonder, you know, how this is going to affect both Lankinen's future here in Chicago and also just up at the NHL level moving forward in his career. All right, there are some of my thoughts on the Blackhawks' 6-4 to loss to the Dallas Stars last night as their losing streak now has hit seven games. Coming up in just a minute, it's time for our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Locked On Blackhawks. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. It's that time of the year again, folks, as baseball season is finally upon us, and Bet Online has way more odds and info from game scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired manager is going to land. Bet Online just remains the number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. And it's not just baseball, from the NHL and NBA playoffs to UFC and boxing right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Just do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is both the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online, where the game begins. I also need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And I know 
We're already in April, folks, four months in. I know it's really hard to stick to that resolution, but if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, then you got to make sure to include Built Bar in your plan because right now you can get the best of both worlds with Built Bar, delicious and healthy. And have you have ever heard of Built Bar Puffs? Because if not, you're seriously missing out on one of the best protein bars out there on the market from churro marshmallow to lemon cheesecake, cookies and cream. There are so many different flavors and either way that you choose, Built Bar Puffs or just regular Built Bars are going to make it easier to stick to your resolution because they taste so good, you're actually going to want to eat them. Unlike some other protein bars out there, which can be chalky, dry, waxy, or even just can taste like a chemical spill. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And for a limited time offer, go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next Built Bar order. That's BuiltBar.com with the exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into segment three today, before I wrap things up, I still got to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. The first question I wanted to answer today comes from at Will Ty Carp on Twitter or Ty Carpenter, uh, who asked, do you believe, do you believe Lankanen can become a reliable winning NHL goalie, or is this all due to a lack of defense right now? You know, I think you can blame a lot of it on the Blackhawks defense, but at the end of the day, Kevin Lankanen has four wins and 22 starts, and the numbers are abysmal. Uh, I'm going to pull them up real quick, but I know he's got a save percentage below 900. It's been that way all season long. Uh, The goals against is really getting up there. It's at 3.66 right now, which is not very good. Uh, And those numbers have been that way for the entire season for Kevin Lankinen. So I don't think you can blame it on the defense when, you know, especially now that we're starting to see him in a consistent starting role. He just hasn't been able to do it night in and night out. And, you know, he's already 26 years old and is going to be 27 here in a couple of weeks. So I know he's only got two NHL seasons under his belt, but he's not a young netminder anymore. So if I were the Blackhawks, I mean, as a fan, I'm definitely concerned about the future of Kevin Lankinen. And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens given his contract situation in the summer because he's an unrestricted free agent, but I don't really know if he's going to get a better opportunity than he would here in Chicago. Now, I'm not even sure the Blackhawks are going to give him a contract, But if they do, you would assume it would probably be to come back as the starter next season. I think Arvid Soderblom is going to be the backup next year. We've seen some really solid play from him in his first year in the AHL with Rockford. I fully expect him to be ready to be the number two netminder for the Chicago Blackhawks next season, as I think a lot of people do. But it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be in that starter role for the Hawks. Colin Delia. It just seems far-fetched that he's even going to want to come back, uh, even if he were offered the starter's gig. He was kind of offered that once before, and it didn't really go that well for him. So I just have a hard time picturing Delia coming back. 
But I'm having a hard time picturing Lankin and coming back at this point too, because I mean, the dude's got two wins since the start of December. Like you have to be concerned about this. And I don't know if he's ever going to be a winning NHL goalie. Definitely as of right now, you know, it's just hard to imagine him being a number one unless he's in a really good situation. But even then, would a good team really go out and add Kevin Lankinen as their starter next year? No, he would definitely be a backup on a better team. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely concerned. I, I don't know if he's ever going to become a, a reliable winning NHL goalie on a consistent basis. I, I mean, it's just a it's just a tough spot for him to be in. Like I said, he's not young. And I know it's only two years here, but for the past, really since the first 20, 25 games of the COVID shortened season last year, Lankinen has not looked like the same goaltender. And uh, whenever you see like Jay Fresh Hockey or some of those folks on Twitter who tweet out a bunch of analytics and, and such based on, you know, team performances and whatnot, Blackhawks have been right there near the bottom of the league and goals saved below expected all year long. Like they have not been getting consistent goaltending even when Marc-Andre Fleury was here you know I think it was tough because he did let some squeakers go in but undoubtedly made some big time stops that kept the Blackhawks alive uh, but for Lankinen it's been bad like let's call a spade a spade it's been bad so um, I personally am not sure if the Blackhawks are going to bring him back I probably wouldn't right now um, but at the same time it's not like they're going to be in a rush to figure any of this stuff out. They're not going to be right up there against the salary cap. So if they were to bring Lankinen back, I would get it because um, if they feel like they've seen enough to give him another shot, like I said, we're not in a rush. This is going to be a process here. And all the rest of the goaltenders in the system are really, really young. So we don't want to be rushing them onto the scene either. Uh, Jackson Staubers probably, who he just officially signed his amateur tryout. Uh, with the Rockford Ice Hogs, don't think they're going to be rushing him up to the NHL next year. Then there's Kale Morris. I think Arvid Soderblom is realistically the number two going into next year. And Drew Camesso probably is going back to BU. Uh, so there's not a whole lot going on in the Blackhawks goaltender department until these next few years. So if they want to give Lankinen a one-year deal to kind of be a make-or-break season, that I would understand. But if they don't, I, I would... I would get it because it's been a nightmare of a season for him. I mean, four wins or 22 starts. I know this Blackhawks defense in front of him isn't great, but he's lost 18 of 22 games he started in this year. That's bad, and um, you have to be concerned about his future, not only here in Chicago, as I said, but also as an NHLer based on the play that we've seen out of him this season. All right, the second question I wanted to answer today comes from uh, – this is going to be – a good one comes from my buddy at the big E hurt should just be at money bags as we like to call them. But he asked me, why does Kirby doc suck? And I know this is um, a feeling that it was a sarcastic question. First off, well, probably not sarcastic in his mind, sarcastic that he asked me, it was just being a little bit of a dick, but uh, this is something that, a lot of people, a lot of Blackhawks fans are feeling right now when they've seen the numbers that Kirby Doc has put up this season. And let me say this. There's no way around it. Kirby Doc has been disappointed. For the third overall pick, we have not seen what we've wanted out of him so far in his first couple of NHL seasons. That's undeniable. 
But for the amount of hate that a 21-year-old gets on a horrible team, a dreadful team, we've seen them lose to Arizona at home, Seattle at home. This is a bottom five team in the NHL. And the amount of hate the 21-year-old gets, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I mean, I, I understand the critiquing, but the pure hatred that some of this fan base has for Kirby Doc just actually leaves me baffled. And I get it, you know, he's got now 26 points in 68 games this year. It's been bad. And especially when we saw, you know, what he did in that COVID bubble against the Edmonton Oilers and even against the Vegas Golden Knights in the series that Hawks got spanked in. I mean, we were thinking this guy was going to be a top-line star. And it just hasn't happened yet for him offensively. And the fa- his ability at the face-off dots, it's been frustrating. But because of all this hate that fans have for Kirby Doc, and they let it be known on social media how much they hate Kirby Doc, how much he's a bust already, even though he's, you know, he's played 150 NHL games and he's been injury-plagued. He's had a broken wrist. He's had several concussions. He's dealt with a lot of things since coming here in Chicago. But because of all this hate, Kirby Doc now had to get off of social media, which probably is the right call at the end of the day anyways. But the reason he left social media is because he was seeing all of this, seeing what all you fans are saying about him, saying about, you know, at the time, just a 20-year-old kid who was really just first getting his feet wet at the NHL level. I just want people to be patient with Kirby. That's all I really want. Like, I'm frustrated that it hasn't worked out too, especially when you see you know, what other players from this draft are capable of. Matt Boldy's tearing it up in Minnesota. I, obviously, I don't even have to talk about Trevor Zegras. When you talk about, you know, what they're doing, you got to keep in your mind that the Blackhawks probably weren't going to take those guys anyway. It was really, from most sources, down to Bowen Byram, Alex Turcotte, and Kirby Doc. Maybe Dylan Cousins was in there too. Maybe Vasily Podkolzin. None of those guys have really blown up at the NHL level yet. Bowen Byram was a stud and is a stud when he's healthy, but he's dealt with a lot of injury problems so far in his young NHL career. So if you're mad about anything about Doc going number three, you should be mad at the Blackhawks, not the kid himself. Like, how are you blaming the kid for going third overall? It wasn't his choice to be picked there. The Blackhawks took him. And I just want people to understand that this is going to be a process for Kirby as well. And I know everyone wants him to be a stud from the first time he steps on to the scene. I want that too. But hating on him isn't really going to help the matter anymore. Like, And I'll say this, if you're hating on Kirby Doc now, if he does wind up figuring it out, you better keep your mouth shut. I don't want people, like if you're hating Kirby Doc now, don't be supporting him when he comes around and figures it out. Because I think he's going to. He may not be the top line 80 to 90 point stud that everyone wants him to be, but he really wasn't even that in his junior career. He was barely a point per game player in his final year with the Saskatoon Blades. So even if he becomes a 50 to 60 point guy and is a very solid second line center who can play both ways and hopefully will be able to provide more on the penalty kill going forward and also at the faceoff dot, that I'm really curious to see whether or not Kirby is going to stay at center or if they are going to move him onto the wing. I have a feeling they're probably going to try to keep him down the middle, but if those faceoffs never come around, they might not have a choice. I mean, Kirby's won 33% of his faceoffs this year, has to be right there near the bottom of the league. 
So yeah, there's a lot to be frustrated about. Don't get me wrong. And I, I want Kirby to explode and to prove everyone wrong. And sadly, it just hasn't happened this year. But for him to be like the number one scapegoat on this on this disaster of a team, like that does not make a whole lot of sense to me. And you could tell that all this pressure is weighing on Kirby. I talked about this with Ben Pope, Charlie Romelli Otis, all the Blackhawks sources, they know. They watch Kirby at practice and the guy just looks deflated. Like he looks like he has the weight of his weight of the world on his shoulders. And it's really disappointing that all this hate has had such a negative impact on him. So hopefully, you know, hopefully he'll be able to answer the bell sooner rather than later, because I think he has it in him. And we saw a beautiful goal that he scored last night against uh, Dallas to make things a bit more interesting late. He's capable of doing some things offensively. I think he's just got to be a little bit more aggressive with the puck on his stick, right? He still seems a little bit too passive. It has been definitely better in the last month or two than it was earlier on in the season where it would be a two-on-one and it was a given that he was going to try to sauce it over to a teammate. It's been better as of late. We've seen him a little bit more aggressive, and I think that's going to help his game offensively, defensively. He's already got it pretty figured out. He's already a pretty solid defensive player. I'm not worried about that side of his game at all, but I know the only way that he's going to be able to shut up the fans is if he starts putting up numbers consistently uh, on the offensive end. And yeah, 26 points in 68 games. As a rookie in 2019, he had 23 points in 64 games. So not really much progression there. That is disappointing. And I'm frustrated with Kirby too, but I don't think that should steer you away from hoping that he gets better like at this point people are like hoping he sucks that I don't understand so I hope people um allow this to be a process for Kirby Doc and don't have a snap judgment on him I know it's not been the first three years that everybody's wanted to but hating on the kid isn't going to help the situation it's not going to help him be any more confident and if you're truly a fan of this team then you'd want him to succeed not him to struggle like some people seem to have in their minds right now I don't understand it Hopefully Kirby Doc will come around in these next couple of years and really shut up those fans because I'm sick of all these mentions and in comments that I see about Kirby Doc. Um, And Eric, if you're listening to this, you're probably not because you're a bad friend. Just kidding. Love you, buddy. Uh, But stop talking to me about Kirby Doc. I'm sick of watching Blackhawks games with you where you just hate on the kid for no reason. There's so many other people and other players to be mad at over this nightmare of a season. It's not Kirby Doc's fault, so I'm sick of hearing it. And when Kirby Doc comes around, I want you to get a Kirby Doc tattoo somewhere on your body because uh, that's that would be the uh, retribution that you deserve after all this hate that you provide on a 21-year-old so young into his career. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, April 11th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show. And be sure to follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to go and subscribe on YouTube, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to check out the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey Podcast as hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions regarding anything related to the show or to the Blackhawks, 
feel free to email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.